Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Luxurious. It is luxurious. Yes, It's indeed. not that luxurious. You know, we just say that kind of stuff to kind of convince ourselves that it's true, don't we, Tom? We do. Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. Wingman, sidekick. Always. Glad to have you here. Glad to be here. Thank and you. And then sort of like if Tom ever dies, Doug Rakulski <laughs> is the next have two man. Wings. He's the best man. He's, he steps in line. You next have to have two wings. Fifth wheel. That's right. Two wing. My other wingman. <laughs> Uh, but I'm going to say Wingman Jr. You fly in a circle if you That's don't. right. Is Doug Rakulski. Welcome, Doug. Back again. Peace. And so here we are. And, you know, we got a great show today because we're going to talk about something that we really haven't focused a lot on here in this show. Correct. But it's something that's really integral to our Catholic faith. It is indeed. And uh, maybe even a lot of Catholics don't understand the import of this topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, it's how God revealed himself to us. Okay. Um, you know, and, and if I were to ask... You guys, I think you guys know the answer, but if you, let's say you ask the average Catholic, what is the greatest mystery of our faith? What What is it? And I would imagine you'd hear lots of answers, but... Um, Eucharist. Eucharist is probably the one people would think, well, I, I know I've heard some expression like source and summit or something, and mm-hmm. so that sounds like... You might hear Jesus. Well, yeah, a relationship with Jesus. Or maybe the church. Or maybe, yeah, right. So you hear these things, but the reality is all of those things, while they are all integral, integral. Mm-hmm. integral Easy for you to say. Yes. While they're all important, <laughs> right, and, and vastly important, but they're all born out of the central mystery, what our church calls the central mystery of the church. And I, I wanted to read in the catechism um, what it says. Um, in paragraph 234 of our catechism. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Pope St. John Paul II, for promulgating this thing, because it helps us a lot. It does. In 234, it says, The mystery of the most holy trinity mm. is the central mystery of Christian faith and life. It is the mystery of God himself. It is, therefore, the source of all the other mysteries of faith, the light that enlightens them. It is the most fundamental and essential teaching in the hierarchy of the truths of faith. The whole history of salvation is identical with the history of the way and the means by which the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, reveals himself to men and reconciles and unites with himself those who turn away from sin. So that's kind of key, and we should focus on the fact that that's the central mystery, that all the other mysteries flow Mm -hmm. from that mystery. Mm -hmm. And so I think it would be safe to say that as Catholics we're called to live in the Trinity, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, but how often do we, I don't know, I don't want to, uh, don't start judging yourself and say, maybe I'm not Trinitarian enough. <laughs> but a lot of times, if you, like, if you listen to, um, if you listen to songs that we sing in mass, mm-hmm. good, good Catholic songs, mm-hmm. if you look, probably 90% of them end with a, a, a refrain about the Trinity. Like You're the right. last verse is always about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right, God, one in three. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, oh, most holy Trinity. Uh, you know, undivided unity, and all these mm-hmm. things. You'll hear these uh, these song lyrics, and you don't realize that we are. And then also, as Catholics, what do we do before we pray? Make the sign of the cross. And in that sign of the cross, we say, "In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit." And yet, I think a lot of Catholics don't always stop and think, "Am I living 
in the Trinity? Do I realize that that is the central mystery, right? That how, how God has revealed himself to us. And I guess I want to stop for a second and talk about what a mystery is. Doug, what is a mystery? A mystery is something mysterious. Oh, man, you know. <laughs> you, I'll throw you a bone. Yeah. <laughs> it is mysterious, but why is it mysterious? You know, it's like we... It's, not, not spooky mysterious. That's right, but, uh, well, I know, it's, it's not like uh, Scooby-Doo mysteries. Right. Something right. in our humanity we can't fully explain. How that's that? exa- that's a, a, a great explanation of what mystery is. Now, I, you know, we can't fully grasp it because of our humanity, right? We, we, can't, we can't specifically detail and put into a box and readily define to the degree that everyone sees this as, oh, well, that makes perfect sense to mm-hmm. me. It's, sometimes it's things hard to explain, and yet... Deep down, there's a sense of its truth, mm-hmm. right? That, that, that you that you realize that in this mystery is something great and big and beautiful and profound. It's something supernatural, right? Because the the natural world is really explainable because of uh, telescopes and microscopes and uh, chemistry kits, it. and you can observe things and facts and uh, mathematics and all these different things are less theoretical and more. Um, Provable, more real. right? Mm-hmm. Well, you say more real, but the but I would challenge you and say that reality is not just that which is explainable and measurable and measurable, mm-hmm. but reality can also be that which is mysterious. Mm-hmm. The 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 reason for our being, the knowledge of something greater than ourselves. Who is that voice in our head that talks to us, and who is it that we're talking to while we're talking to ourselves? Mm-hmm. Right? These are these are big things, and and the world has sought the answers right we and unfortunately i I think we spend so so much time spending uh, or spend so much time looking for those answers through telescopes and microscopes and and examination and we want to we want to prove things did did noah and the ark really exist was there really a man named jesus were adam and eve their actual names in the garden of eden was there actually a garden (laughs) of eden or were these just fictional stories to teach us some kind of concept you know and i guess the the point is we live in a world that likes scientific proof and yet, the beauty of mystery is something that we can embrace and realize that we may never fully understand in our own minds how this can be. But that that doesn't make it less real. Exactly, because we, re- we reap the benefits of it. Right. We reap the benefits of a triune God. We reap the benefits of a, a, of a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God that love us and have revealed himself to us. Mm-hmm. Right, how beautiful that is. We reap the benefits, and so we we know it's good. It's kind of like, uh, you know, parents loving a child. The child knows that they're loved, but can they quantify that love? Can right. they define that can love? Can they see it? Can they put it in a bottle? Right. They experience it through mm-hmm. the gifts that they're given, through being taken care of, being fed, being, uh, you know, cuddled, being nurtured, uh, being taught. All these are are good blessings that come to us f- from our parents. But in terms of the love of our parents, how do we quantify that? Mm-hmm. Right. So, but I will also say that a mystery is not something that is always going to be um, shrouded in unknowing, right? To the degree that, like, we just cast it aside, like the old nuns used to say, it's a mystery, you know. <laughs> Sister Mary Margaret would say, it's a mystery. We don't know why this is, you know. Um, and not to say that she was wrong, but to say that sometimes we cast aside our longing or our yearning or our search for truth because we think well, it's unattainable. Mm. Because, you know, a good example is I would ask you, what is the best, if you're reading a mystery novel, 
what's the best page in the mystery novel? The first one where they set up the mystery and they start telling you all this it's stuff. The last page. It's the last yeah, page. Yeah, the reveal. The reveal. Who did it? Who done it? Right. And so in that mystery novel is it's the same way life is now. It may be that we have to live this life on earth and then go to be with God for all eternity before we actually read that last page. Mm-hmm. But it means that it will be revealed to us. And we all hope and pray that one day we will be standing before this mysterious God, but this good and great God, this supernatural God, the creator of all. Right, that we'll be able to stand before him and reach out and touch him, right, to be in his holy presence. And all will be revealed to us. So I kind of look forward to that to that moment because it's oh, yeah. gonna answer a lot of questions. Oh yeah. Lord, why did this have to happen? Why did that have to happen? There's a lot of mysteries in life, but yeah. I, I guess the church wants us to understand that the greatest mystery in our lives is God's revelation of himself to us as a father and as a son and as a holy spirit. Mm-hmm. That through these three persons Co-equal, co-eternal, yet one nature, one God. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a great mystery and how that, because, you know, try to explain it to kids. And what does St. Patrick do? We just had St. Patrick's Day. What, what does St. Patrick do? He said, well, you clover. take this three-leaf clover, mm-hmm. right? It's a clover. So why is a four-leaf clover lucky? I just, because <laughs> you have an extra person of the Godhead. It wouldn't work. I mean, St. <laughs> no. Patrick, it wouldn't work. But let's forget that for a moment. But just really the three-leaf clover, to be able to look at one clover and see three distinct outcroppings or, or, or you know, uh, evidence of of a three mm-hmm. in one, and that's the way he tried to describe things. But again, that's a simplification, <laughs> right? And and it's it's hard to um, express it in a way that as humans we we uh, uh, can understand and grasp. And it's really fun to be part of like our RCIA, our Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults program, where you're teaching people truths. And some people are churched, and some people are unchurched to come and be part of the RCIA program. But, I mean, Doug, you're very active involved in RCIA. When you guys talk about the Trinity, I mean, does it just roll off the tongue and you say, like, this? here's one sentence that describes the Trinity, now let's move on? Oh, never, never. It's a whole class. Yeah, but how do you how do you go about, I mean, and do, you, do some of them actually grasp and, and embrace the Trinity at that point? I, that's probably the biggest question that gets asked. That, that comes up, the nature of God. What is the Holy Spirit? How is that? Right. I see him working. Most of our, I would say, our Protestant brothers and sisters coming into full communion with the church don't, don't ever attack that mystery. That's exactly right. They, they see right. Jesus. That's easy. They see God, God the Father. Right. The Holy Spirit's just kind of there. <laughs> right. And, and which has led some. There's a, there's a, 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 a I, he's retired now. I don't know if he's still living. I, maybe he is. Bishop John Shelby Spong. I, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's an Episcopalian bishop. And I heard him speak one time. And he's somebody who had always talked of the Holy Spirit as being like a force or a, a power, you know, like electricity, bzz, you know, mm-hmm. that the Holy Spirit, and this is based on seeing the, the, the creation story and seeing the God's spirit moving across the waters. You know, he saw, and, and, and this idea that scripture reveals the Holy Spirit as a ruah, as a wind, you know, as the, the breath. breath of God, yeah. right? Ruah. Right, exactly. So we, we see this, and he says, well, so it's a wind, it, you know, it's an it. And you were right, Doug, when you said, what is the Holy Spirit? And you refer to him as a he, right? And scripture refers to him in the New Testament, especially that he came to us. He did this. He inspired us, mm-hmm. right? He will lead you. I will send you another counselor, the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, and he will lead you into all truth. All truth. So he's a he, meaning he's a person, 
right? Rather than a force or an entity or something that is not um, uh, does not have um, a, a person's identity. Right. He doesn't mean male. Right. I mean, he is exactly. a person. Well, so here we're talking about the mystery of the Holy Spirit. We have more to talk about in this mystery of the Holy Spirit. We're going to do that when we come back. Before I do that, I want to re- uh, reveal another mystery. Mm. <laughs> right? Good. And, and yeah, the, the, the mystery I want to reveal is my wife who's going to come and tell us some wonderful things about um, uh, this wonderful uh, couple, Joachim and Anne, um, and, uh, and, and talk about who their daughter would be. Right, Mary. Mm-hmm. I've heard of her. Yeah, yeah. She's a, she's an important person in our faith. <laughs> One of the great mysteries of our faith. And uh, so uh, we're going to do that. We're going to take a break before we do that. We want to remind folks at home we have a great website www.thecatholiccafe.com. But also, I'd love for you to send me an email, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bestrzemski. And this is another great moment in church history. Tradition tells us that the parents of Mary, the mother of God, were named Joachim and Anne. Not much is known of the details of their lives, but they have become the focus of great admiration and veneration. This is most assuredly due to the fact that their daughter Mary was the humble virgin chosen by God to bring Jesus into the world and an example for all Christians. One story tells us that after they were married, Saints Joachim and Anne greatly desired to have a family. They tried, however, for many years to conceive. It was thought that Saint Anne was barren. Things looked hopeless. They did not lose their faith, however. They prayed continually to God for the blessing of a child. One night, an angel appeared and said that God had indeed heard them, and they would receive the child for which they so fervently prayed. On that very night, in thankfulness, St. Anne promised to dedicate her child to God. Not long after that, Mary was born. Many have wondered how the Church can honor as saints those whom we know little about. In the case of Saints Joachim and Anne, we need only look at their important role as the parents of Mary, the young girl who would freely offer herself in service to God and all mankind. Regardless of the details of their lives, we know that as parents in a good Jewish family, they would be responsible for Mary's upbringing. They were Mary's teachers. They fed her, nurtured her, encouraged her, and supported her even in the moment of accepting God's call to be the mother of God. It was their dedication to living a holy life that God used to serve as an example for Mary. In fact, what she learned from her parents, she most naturally would use in bringing up the child Jesus. And it was her parents' faith that laid the foundation for Mary's consolation and acceptance of God's will at the foot of her son's cross. Saints Joachim and Anne serve as an example for all married couples in bringing up their children to willingly accept the vocations to which they are called in service to God. As early as the 4th century, a church was built by St. Helena, mother of Constantine, on the site where the sainted couple lived in Jerusalem. Saints Joachim and Anne are often depicted in artwork holding Mary and teaching her to read from the sacred scriptures. Their feast day is celebrated by the Universal Church on July 26th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history.
Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff, in fact. Uh, and I'm sitting here with uh, Tom Dorian and Doug Rakulski. Are you doubting and that or something? Well, that's right. All, and, of, and, all of a sudden? And the, and the three of us Ooh. are going to talk about the three persons of the Most Holy Trinity mm-hmm. and how wonderful God is in, in this revelation of three persons in one nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and the central mystery, again, the, the Catechism of the Catholic Church telling us that this the Most Holy Trinity is the central mystery of our faith, that everything is born out of this this mystery. It, it is the light that, in, that, that lights everything else. Mm-hmm. And so our relationship is important, and that's why I think we would spend a little time now talking about our relationship with the Trinity and living in the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Now, would you say, Tom, that you were Trinitarian? I mean, did you, did, would you, is that how you describe yourself, like when you no. meet a business associate? No. But, you're not, but you are Trinitarian, but yes. you don't describe yourself that way. Correct. Why not? He does. He does. Now he doesn't look like. I don't. I don't you didn't think tell anybody me this does not that. The show notes. You were not allowed to. Yeah, I don't this think stuff anybody in. does that. It's just. It's just not natural. You know. I. I guess. You know. Here it is. There you I, go. I think it is natural. It's supernatural. Mm-hmm. But the point is, I think most people don't. And I guess what we're trying to do on this show is say maybe we should stop. And because of what the catechism catechism says, is we should mm-hmm. identify ourselves. As a Trinitarian. In other words, to live in the Trinity. So next time you have a business meeting, hello, Tom Dorian, <laughs> Trinitarian. <laughs> you know, shake hands and just be proud and say, I'm a Trinitarian. There you go. But let's, I guess let's just talk about what does that mean to be Trinitarian, mm-hmm. right? How do you live the Trinity? Now, I know that we all have relationships, especially, you know, we have a relationship with God. And I guess you're probably not listening to the Catholic Cafe unless you have some kind of relationship with God. I mean, I think most people listening are like going, okay, I'm a Christian or I'm seeking the truth. And so I, I, I sense that I need their truth. So I have a sense of a God or something greater than myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And so even in that context, you have a relationship with God. There's that word relationship again. That's right. So we relate with persons or a person, right? You have a relationship with people. Mm-hmm. Well, so the persons of the Holy Trinity are persons that we can have relationships with, right? And, and that's not why that's beautiful. And yet, when you have relationships, a relationship with the persons of the Trinity, you're essentially having a relationship with the one true God, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Now, it's easy, I think, for all of us to say, now, when you were a kid, Tom, you know, and there was a bully down the street, uh, or some big and bad happened, or um, when it came to like paying the house note, or Tom, Tom was the bully down. Yeah, the street. maybe. <laughs> no, but who did you run to for protection for the big things in life? When you, who was it that ran the family? Oh, now, your father. Well, you, you look. It's easy to see your father as that strength, mm-hmm. as that um, you know the guy that you look to, you look up to, you respect. You listen to every word he says, and right. what he says goes. Right. Right? And we understand that concept in, 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 our, in our little immediate family. Mm-hmm. You know that dad is kind of a guy. He's a go-to guy. You can go to him, and he's going to fix the big problems. So even in our life, right, when we have things, we have financial problems. We go to dad and get some advice maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, we, when we have a, a bad, terrible medical diagnosis, mm-hmm. you, you look for some strength. Some, you're looking for that. For that father, right, in your life to do that. Now, in the same way, when those things happen to us and we're praying, it's so easy for us to pray to God the Father, mm-hmm. right? I'm not saying this is all that God the Father does, but I guess my point is it's easy for us to relate to the fatherness 
of God the Father to say, I've got cancer. I've lost my job. My wife doesn't love me anymore. Uh, you know, we're having problems with our child. And we're looking for some great fatherly... A rock. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? We're looking for some advice or we're looking for some leadership, some guidance, or we're looking just for some consolation. Right. Right? Well, this we go to God the Father. It's so easy to do that. Now, I'm not saying that that's the only relationship we'd have with God the Father, but I think it's beautiful that we would sense that that his fatherhood mm-hmm. over us is a, is a very powerful and uh, embracing thing, right, and guides us. And so it's easy to have that relationship. In the same way, you know, we talk about our separated brothers and sisters, how it easy is for them to have, you know, what a friend we have in Jesus. Right. And he right? is our friend. He is our friend. Jesus is and our, our friend. He's, uh, we're adopted, uh, you know, brothers and sisters of Jesus. He really right. is. He's he our is. brother Jesus. He, and so when we're looking for someone to walk with us, mm-hmm. To talk with us, to hang out with, to be our buddy, right? To even in those sad times, to kind of maybe even carry us, mm-hmm. because Jesus walked the earth and he did right. those things. He consoled people. He walked That's with right. people. He was the he was the the flesh and blood of God, and mm-hmm. is the flesh and blood of God even to this day. Mm-hmm. And and that supernatural flesh and that supernatural blood that we receive in Holy Eucharist. Right, and it's it's not only a spiritual dimension, but a physical dimension: body, blood, soul, and divinity. Christ's presence in the Eucharist. He still walks with us. He still carries us. Gives us His grace. But again, it's easy to relate to Jesus. It's it's easy to stop and think, you know, hey, let me talk to my brother on this one. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm having problems with my brother, and my brother's going to understand me. Or I've got a, an addiction. I've got a. I need some help, and I, I, I'm embarrassed to go to my parents. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll think I'm a failure. And I know God the Father would never think I'm a failure. He loves me no matter what. But the reality is we can relate sometimes to Jesus in that way. And we can spend time having that relationship. And it's, it makes perfect sense to us. Right? So praying to Jesus is easy. Mm-hmm. Right? So praying to God the Father when we need that, you know, we want to win that war. Right? Praying to Jesus when we want to, someone to walk beside us mm-hmm. and comfort us and help us in whatever we're going through. But, you know, a lot of people, especially Catholics, I think, don't spend a lot of time praying to the Holy Spirit. And stop and think about that for a second. When is the last time that you said a prayer to the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. Right? And that's an interesting concept. And um, while we have, um, you know, the Come Holy Spirit prayer, and if you're Mm -hmm. involved in Curcio and some of these other movements, and if you are very spirit-filled and you're in the... Um, uh, you know, the charismatic renewal or whatever, you're very focused on the spirit, the Holy Spirit and his work, his working in your life. And that's a beautiful thing. And the church has always taught that. Mm-hmm. We read out of the catechism and there's so much more in the catechism about the Holy Spirit as well, right? About the Father, about the Son, and about the Holy Spirit, the three persons of God. But I guess what's beautiful about our faith and what's beautiful about that mystery is that we would have a relationship with all three. That we'd have a relationship with God the Father, a relationship with God the Son, and a relationship with God the Holy Spirit. That is beautiful. Well, and it's it's something that I think evades a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. I guess because, and usually the the you know the one who gets short shrift, who is the gets the short stick, is usually the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah, right. And and really, a lot of people will look and and realize that you know even in history, people had difficulty understanding the relationship between God the Father and God the Son, and there were even pe- people like the priest Arius who. Um, started the Arian heresy because he thought that Jesus was created by God mm-hmm. and that was lesser Somehow than God. lower than God, right. Right, exactly. And so this started this big heresy, which, you know, in that Arian heresy is what really led to our Nicene Creed. Right. 
right? And it's it's why the Nicene Creed talks just a little bit about the one God. Father and a little bit about the Holy Spirit and spends a lot of time talking about who is this Jesus? Because right. back then there were problems about, well, who is this Jesus? Mm-hmm. And so all of us need to have that relationship and realize that God revealed himself in those three persons. And what a great gift that is to us to be able to, at all these different times in our life and all these different needs, that he comes to us sort of like he, he encircles us with himself. He right? would not leave us orphans. Exactly. So send, you know, our sacrament of confirmation is very important, especially Amen. as an adult, but sometimes that's forgotten. Well, as Catholics, let's always remember that we're, we're called. And, and I love the, um, the, the Great Commission. What does Jesus tell us? The last words of, the, of, of Jesus here on earth, uh, at, in the 28th chapter of Matthew, and he says, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. Right? The Lord God is with us always. Mm-hmm. Jesus told us to go. And he told us to teach but to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And Catholics who pray in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit, we're called to evangelize. We're called to go and take this Trinity. We live the Trinity, but we're supposed to share this Trinity. Take the Trinity with us where we go. The power, the glory, the majesty of the Trinity to carry the Trinity with us and share the Trinity with all that we meet. How often we as Catholics will sit in a restaurant in public and be a sort of a shame to do the, the sign of the cross. Right. Right. We may just we may bow our heads quietly, but we we forget sometimes that we we're called to pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We're 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 called to go therefore in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit to be trinitarian, to live trinitarian lives, to realize the 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 love of God the Father, realize the love of God the Son, but also to realize the love and the inspiration of God the Holy Spirit. And without that triune relationship, right, that threefold expression of God, we're lost in this world, right? We're incomplete. Mm-hmm. And how this completeness of the Trinity is so powerful for we're us. Incomplete because that is a relationship. It Amen. sums up our relationship. And we have a relationship with each of the persons of the most holy Trinity and how beautiful that is. <laughs> Let's pray. And, we're, you know, in prayer... Let's glorify God in his majesty and rejoice in the triune Godhead. And we're going to pray that classic prayer together. Glory be to the Father and And to to the the Son and and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as as it was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and ever shall be, world without end. end. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.